Hello, my lovelies. I hope you're having a lovely day today. Welcome to another episode of Truth News with Salty Vixen. And today is Monday, June 26, 2023. And I thought we will continue our Truth News with Salty Vixen episode all about Meghan Markle. And I chose the song The Fame by Lady Gaga because, one, it's one of my favorite songs. And whenever I would fly to London and I would go to uh, charity events to pump me up for these events, I would put the song on. And believe it or not, it helped me get confidence. Those who do not know, my name is Salty Vixen. And um, yes, it is a pen name. It started, uh, well, the name was created 18 June 2004 when I was sexually assaulted on a polo field in England at 10.45 p.m. So um, I've taken the negativity and turned it to positive. With that said, I've also, um, well, I helped out with charity events such as uh, Centerpoint and Centerbale. I was a patron. Well, you know, someone donates money. I went to the opening of the Mamahato Center. And so, well, yeah, I knew William and Harry quite well. I knew, well, I knew them both through Polo in 2004, where I was a non-playing member at various clubs. So I have my stories to tell. Uh, I did go to uh, those who saw my news articles about uh, Taylor Swift. The uh, recent article, I believe, was uh, on Saturday or Sunday, and I talked about uh, the fact when uh, Meghan Markle wanted uh, Taylor Swift on her podcast called Archetypes, and apparently Swift's uh, PR said, hell to the no. Um, I, had, I laughed because I went to uh, a charity event for a center point at Kensington Palace seven years ago, and uh, Taylor Swift and John Bon Jovi were the singers, uh, and so I got to talk to them and chat with them, and... Um, Anyways, I posted the video where Taylor Swift uh, made a video response for my daughter, who was about six years old at the time. She made a little video, and I had no idea Taylor was going to respond. She grabs my phone, and she's like, you've got to be in the salty. And so it was quite funny. Uh, you know, it was quite lovely. I wouldn't say it was funny, but it was a lovely experience. And the, the charity for uh, Centerpoint, as uh, everyone knows all about that, it's William's charity. I believe his mother, the late Princess Diana, founded it. I'm not positive, but uh, it helps the homeless situation in, in the UK. And... Um, I, I do miss being part of the charity world. I had to pull out, honestly, because I got divorced. And so uh, I've been working my arse up to go back into the charity world. I do miss it. So I had a lovely experience to talk about. And since Meghan Markle is a fame-obsessed, um, I thought I would dive in and talk about my experience. Now, no, I've never met Meghan Markle personally. I do know people who did know her before she met Harry. Uh, because, well, I was in the verge of divorce. I mean, we were not living together. Like, literally, papers were being signed. And I was going on a dating app, and I was chatting with this guy who was in the acting business, and he told me about this lady he met, uh, he said uh, Rachel Markles. All I remember, and it was years ago, and you know, years before she met um, Harry. So I know you're all thinking, "Oh, salty, that's BS." No, it's true because I remember him talking about this self-absorbed woman, and I had to laugh it off. And then he said, "Oh, so you're in the acting world?" And he says, "Well, honestly, I don't want to date actresses anymore after that." Uh, not, it wasn't just Maggie; it was other people he had dated. He says lots of these women that think they are, you know, Gwen Paltrow and Angelia Jolie and the Paris Hilton's and the Kim Kardashian's and are wannabes become so self-absorbed and narcissistic. And that's not the right thing to do. And that's true. You know, the dating world, you don't want to become that way because it's fake. So I remember that joke. And when I found out Megan was dating Harry, I, I, when they both were dating, I was like, oh, gosh, you know. And I remember telling the mutual people we knew. Of course, I haven't talked to many of the inner circles in a number of years. But at the time, some of them, they... You know, it was 2016 when I saw them all last, or some of them. But I brought up, I'm like, hey, I heard they're dating, he's saying Megan, I hope it's a good relationship. And they were just like, we're not making any comment. So 
I think a lot of people, and I think, you know, the fans out there for Harry at the time were like, oh, it's going to be a hookup or just like a, a fling. I think a lot of people did because it went so quickly. And I'm not trying to not carry Megan down. I'm just saying this is what people observed. I mean, it was in the inside. I did kind of observe that too. But I did notice Harry's personality did change when he met Megan, which is not unusual when you're dating someone. You do, your personality does mold slightly because you're in a relationship. You become two instead of one separate person. But when I mean Harry, I noticed he became a lot more crabbier, not not friendly to talk to. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember that. Uh, even when we opened up the uh, Lesotho, uh, the Mamahato Center that I attended, Harry's personality did change slightly. I don't know if you met Megan there, but I know like when I knew that they started dating, it must have been that summer 2016. So I flew into the Polo, to England to get, to support this charity event. Harry was supposed to play, but he had injured himself. So Wills played and... Uh, Princess Anne was there, and I got to chat with all of them. They're such lovely people. And so when I talk about my experiences, I'm not bashing them at all. I'm just being, keeping real. Because um, I know William would not want me to bash, and trust me, I, you don't want to be receiving any of William's anger. We all seen William's anger with paparazzi. I know, like, his mates are not going to spill things, and I'm not going to spill, like, intimate things, you know, that things I observed, things I saw. Because, one, it was a long time ago, too. You know, we all were teenagers and 20-something-year-olds at some point, and we all have been silly experiences. So it's not like that's who you are today as you get older because you change. But you're younger, you party like it's 1999. And so, but, yes, I do have my William story. Uh, no, I did not date him. I'm not making claims on that, but I did flirt with him. <laughs> And that was summer 2004 when I was a non-playing member at uh, various polo clubs. And I, someday I'll tell that story, maybe. Because it would make, it's a blush-worthy, kind of silly story. And if you're all interested in hearing that, I would love to, to you know, tell more about it. So, yes, I, I don't lie about anything. I keep it real, and that's who I am. So I was reading in the Daily Mail that uh, Meghan Markle, uh, well, the article is titled this, Turns out Meghan Markle was not a great audio talent or necessarily any kind of talent. Hollywood talent agency supremo Jeremy Zimmer discusses Duchess's, the Duchess as a talentless broadcaster after Spotify axed its $18 million deal with the Sussex, the, you know, Wilson, uh, Harry, Harry and Meghan. And I, I kind of laughed at that because, I mean, this is a low blow for even this uh, talent person, broadcast, um, Hollywood talent agency, which, by the way, to be a part of the, the talent agency is a hell of a lot of money. That's why a lot of people go uh, solo. It's just like marketing. Do you ever wonder why Archetypes got so much PR, but then when you and I have these small podcasts, we have to work our asses off to get noticed. That's because, well, your name, your brand, and you have the PR, and the PR does all the marketing. It's not that hard to do. It just costs a lot of money to get the marketing done. But that's how it works. If I was a, you know, a famous person, I would have a PR agent, and they would help market. So what that guy said was a little mean. I mean, d despite if you like Megan or not, that was a little blow. Look, being a podcaster, you, it's not really talent. You just talk. That's all it is. The problem was, and I've said this in one of my uh, news articles on Truth News with Salty Vixen uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, the deal went through with Spotify, I talked about that the Archetypes could have been a really awesome, amazing podcast. I think all of us, whether you like Megan or not, it could, it had potential. And, you know, the problem is, there's the, Megan is not coming up with these ideas. I mean, she's probably sitting through meetings, going, oh, yes, this is good, da, da, da. The problem is we don't know who Megan Markle is. We know Megan Markle, who has copied verbatim interviews from the late Princess Diana, which is all over YouTube. There was something she has said that came directly from a Lifetime 
movie back in the late 80s, early 90s that's on YouTube. I've seen the movie. You know, it's been there for someone posted it many years ago. And, uh, you know, she's also copied Walt Simpson. She's I don't know. Even her speeches, nothing is really authentic. And even people, even when she had her Instagram, when she started dating Harry, she threw hints over dating. She's the one that broke the news. I mean, Harry did not want this brought out yet. Uh, you know, you know, Harry is. He hates, he loves the media. But, but Megan's one that brought the, the, the uh, story out. And I think she copied that idea really from Prince Charles when he was dating. I don't know if it was Diana's sister or the lady before Diana, uh, Diana but one of the, some lady that Charles had dated told the press, oh, yes, we're dating. And again, Megan got that out of a playbook from a publicized information that you find on YouTube or you find in books. So it was not like this was, you know, authentic of Megan. And I'm going to be frank on that. And all you Harryites and Meganites that call Megan the queen because you're too, you, you don't want to wake up to the reality. Megan Markle is not authentic. And that's her problem. And I think she's got trapped in this actress as well because she is an actress. And oh yes, and I want to say something else she's done. I've noticed observing she's kind of copied a bit of Ava Perone. And if you ever seen uh, "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina," uh, you know I love that song. Uh, but the the movie Ava, it's a musical. Antonio Banderas, one of my favorite actors. Madonna played Ava. But there's a line in the movie, the Broadway song, the musical. It says, uh, "Ava it was always an actress." And that's true. She was an actress before she became a politician. And I think maybe Megan's trying to go to that round. So again, we don't know the real Megan Markle. And that's the problem. I think if she was more real and was relatable, I think she'd be respected more. And, you know, even in a podcast. So I don't think she's talentless. I think she's just lazy. And I think that's what sums it up. Harry so, the, you know, all your listeners out there go, oh, Salty, so you you got to know Harry on a different level than the paparazzi or just medium and, and events. Yes, I did. So you want to know a bit about Harry. Well, when I first met him, he inspired me. I talk about him about me. I said Harry did inspire me that night at the China White After Party, 25 July 2004. I said to him many times that, you know, when he was talking about his experience in Africa, when he lived there, he spoke with so much passion and, you know, this is a, a polo after party. People are drinking, having fun. And he was just in deep thought. And it was only us women. There was about three or four of us women sitting at the table. I was sitting there, actually sitting next to Harry. And he was smoking a cigarette. And I actually said, you're going to laugh. But I did. I, I, I dared myself. I was like, can I try the cigarette? I don't smoke. But the whole summer, I tried a cigarette uh, three times. Just out of curiosity because everybody smoked. And Harry handed the cigarette to me. And I puffed it one time and handed it back. True story on that. I know you go, oh, so that's disgusting. Yes, it is. And I, I mean, I've never picked up cigarettes since that night anyway. But I was just curious because I never, you know, I never got into the smoking thing. I was like, what's the big craze about it? And it really is no craze. Um, a lot of people were smoking back then. But, you know, people quit uh, eventually. Um, and, and thankfully, because it is really bad for your health. But yeah, you go to these parties, you have a lot of drinking and a lot of smoking. And uh, Skippy was dancing on tables. I can say that publicly because there are photos uh skippy's one of the mates and i will you know i know that i haven't talked to him in years but i know he'd be like oh salty please don't bring that up but no that's true that was publicized it was a wild party but at, before then harry was in deep thought and i remember thinking that very moment i that whole summer only two people treat well several people treat me like a lady in, in the in the inner circle but william and harry were the main ones that were sticking up for me and here's a guy talking about so much passion I said, Harry is truly inspirational because I just finished uni. I was done with my internships. I don't know where I belong in life because, you know, when you're 20s, you're still figuring out where you get to, you know, 
sea legs where, where you are in a bad, uh, bad uh, description, but you know, where you fit in life, where, you know, cause the ocean is your oyster. So you have to figure out where you fit in and what you're supposed to do in life. And so that was how I remember that very moment. I thought, well, you know, I said to Harry, I said, that charity becomes successful. I will come back and help out. And I don't know why I blurted that out, but I was just so, you know, excited about all this passion. And so anyway, years later, I kept my promise. And I did support it because I saw what a beautiful charity Santa Bali became. And I said, I'm going to, to support it. And I did from 2013 to 2016. And I pulled out uh, actually 18 June 2016. And uh, I talk about it in other podcasts, a little bit of the reason. Someday I'll tell the full story. But right now, you know, things happen in the past. You learn to forgive and move on, which is something Harry really needs to learn to do. Like Stop the whining. He's such a, a Green Day song, a basket case, you know, the, the phrase. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? I mean, that line is, is 100% from Harry. That he's like the Green Day song. That's his anthem. And I'm not joking. I mean, it's good to have, you know, do, not dwell in the past. It's good to talk about it. But there's a point that you just got to shut up. We're tired about it. We all have a trauma experience. I talk about my sexual assault because that's my brand name. I overcame a lot. But I'm not dwelling on it. I'm talking about as, you know... You need to speak up. If it ever happens to you, you need to do something about it. Because in my generation, in 2004, women couldn't. We couldn't report it. Who would believe us? And that was, you know, but again, your Lady Gaga had her experiences. You heard, you know, all the all the actresses and people just have their Me Too experiences. And we all say, it happened. It sucks. It was traumatizing. But it made me a stronger person. And if Harry said all that, yeah, trauma happened. It sucks. But I'm stronger from all that. You know, I think he also be respected more. But the whining, Harry, geez, Louise, we're tired of it. We get it. You're born with a silver spoon. We get you had trauma experience. We get you grew up in a, a family that lived in a castle, several castles, and you got to travel and be on yachts and, and live life a rich person. You did get to see, you know, the normal things. And that's something your mom did. Like Princess Diana did bring in going to McDonald's. She brought in what it's like to be normal as much as possible. Because that's the one thing that Lady Diana did. That's why she was inspirational. I wrote it. Yeah, my series, um, I call it What's a Woman, and it's really a, a woman's voice. And I try to do that about every day or every few days. I'll do a woman's voice, and I pick someone, and I chose the late Princess Diana, who's inspired to so many people. Because she wasn't just a princess. She was someone that spoke to the people she saw. And she's like, look, it's great being royalty, but what's the true meaning of being royals unless you're not for the people? And royalties are supposed to, a royal person is supposed to talk to the people and be there for the people, not just, oh, look, I have a crown. I can wave my jewels to you and be take my picture and smile. You're actually, it is work. And so let's go into Meghan Markle. I don't think she realized, and I, I think a lot of people agree with me. I think that she thought, well, I married a royal family. I get to the tiara and the, the gold and, and live in these castles. And I just wave my hand and look pretty because unfortunately, and it's not to be mean to, to uh, Kate Milton, who I did meet, and I think she's a lovely person. But I think, you know, the media made it look like being a princess is, is not hard work because the media was very brutal to Kate. The reality, it is work. It's not like typical work like you and I, we walk into office building and, and you know, we sit at our desk all day. It's They actually do a lot of stuff behind closed doors. And thankfully, William and Kate had brought out what they were actually doing in photos. You see them working endlessly. And that's what's great. Yes, they're doing charity work. They can't, like, do the same, you know, nine-to-five job like you and I, you know, because of who they are. But they know that they can be patrons. They can do all these great things. They can be ambassador charities. They can bring awareness. And that was so great about what uh, William and Kate do. And I don't understand why Megan and Harry are not doing like that. And here's what's frustrating. And I had a lot of trolls on, you know, Twitter 
when I, when Harry got this honorary thing at the uh, Warrior Games, it wasn't about, you know, him being at the Warrior Games. I think it's great he was doing that. I'm great. I was, I thought it was lovely representing him being there. And yes, he, he did serve. I was upset, just like many other people who are outraged who have military spouses or family members, people they know. It wasn't a mere fact. Why wasn't it? It was a PR move. It wasn't, you know, if you're going to give a award out like that, do give it to somebody in America because Harry is not American. Anyway, oh, salty, but you knew Harry. Look, I know, I did know Harry, but I'm gonna be real. I keep everything real and truthful. He should not have gotten that honorary award. He should, or if he's going to get presented, the right thing to do was say, you know what, this American deserves a better. And that's something Harry's got to learn. Something I have observed, and many people know him, and and people who have met him, even at just a charity event meeting to say hello, notice the same thing over and over again. Harry does not speak up. He doesn't use his voice, and it's it's really irritating. I had somebody on Twitter say, oh, Salty, I can't believe you think that being a patron that celebrities need to come talk over. I'm outraged you'd say that. And I said to the response, I said, well, thank you for playing the game, because that's why I respond to the you know the stupidity of trolls. Uh, but the reality of it is, if you're a patron paying $10,000 or more, or pounds, or whatever the currency is, and you're a VIP, and you're at an event, that celebrity or politician is supposed to come to talk to you. It doesn't have to be you directly, but at least as a group of people. When we were in Lesotho, I tell you, Harry did not come over whatever into the tent. Prince Aso did talk and, and speak to everybody, and he came around, made rounds because that's what you do. People flew in for this lovely event. Harry, that spoke so much passion of that in in, in London. Sorry, at uh, God's Pedal Club at the China White After Pillow After Party at Cartier, was not the same Harry I met for the uh for the opening of Tuesday. He flew in. He did the PR stuff, you know, talked to the people for the PR that you see on BBC, that you saw on Daily Mail, the photos. And you see, and there's a video, it's on AP, I'm literally, I was in a red dress, a blonde hair, and I get up and I'm, I see the camera, because I saw Harry coming this direction, I'm like, oh crap, he's, the camera's going to be here. I didn't like being photographed at the time, because I just, you know, I was wearing loafers for gosh sakes, I'm not wearing heels in in grass, so I've red dress on and loafers. And I saw Harry come this way, so I'm getting up and I see the camera and I'm walking around, because if Harry's going to come in, I didn't want to be the center of the camera, you know, because this is Harry saying. And so I, I got a little nervous. And uh, but when Harry was coming to this direction, his PR people told him to go back and talk to or they were directing him. You see them directing him to go talk to the PR. So I, he wanted to come over, but he didn't. And here's the thing. William and ha- uh, William and Charles and Kate actually do care. They will talk to the people because that's their duty. And if, if, if this was William or Kate or Charles in this, or in Queen Camilla in this situation, like Harry, they're going to opening a children's center, they still would have come this way and they would have come to talk to us patrons. There's a difference. Even if the PR says, well, you know, you got to do this, it, Charles literally would have, because I know that for a fact, he's done this at events I've been to over the years, that he, actually the first time I met him was 2003 at my friend's Pele Father's uh, charity cup. Uh, and I remember, because the photograph, I don't know if I have the photo on my site, uh, I'll post it at some point. Um, but in 2003, where he's shaking hands with me, he came out of the clubhouse, and I was I didn't pay for VIP. I was just there for polo. I was, you know, if I'm going to watch a polo match, it better go towards charity. So I had no idea I was going to meet Charles. I thought to just go there and have a bit of brunch and, you know, a bit of maybe a little champagne or pims, which is the polo drink, and, you know, go back. I have, you know, the rest, but history happened that very moment to me. Charles came out, the first thing he did was come over to me, and his PR people says, well, she didn't pay for VIP. And he says, she came to for this charity event. She supported it. I am going to speak to her. 
And he did. And it was about a five minute conversation with Charles, who's now, you know, he's in Prince of Wales, now King Charles. So that tells you what kind of person Charles is. And that's something William would have done. And Kate and any Princess Anne, you know, I could name all, all of them, even Fergie. And I've met Fergie. I think I've told the story about how it, it, it was actually at Cartier. And I remember she had a blue tights on, a navy blue skirt. I have a picture, but I have a good memory. I can recall everything. And I remember I was asking where Lou was, uh, Lou was a bathroom, uh, because, uh, I, you know, if you ever see the polo club, it's, it's a big club. It's a big polo field. And I had no idea the porta parties was super fancy. And it was very fancy. And remember, it's like a like a champagne pink inside. I mean, it, and, and it had a good smell to it. They, they put a, a potpourri scent in there to keep it nice. But yeah, I've never been to a porta party that was for rich people. It was very lovely and fancy, schmancy. So, you know, uh, Fergie uh, gave me directions. I'll never forget that. You know, but she's not mean. They're, and all of them are very nice. That's the thing with the media makes them out to be different because what sells? And you never know the full story and they can't really, you know, say anything. So, okay, so we are on tangent, salty. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, so my point is, I think, you know, my point is with Megan, I think that she really did think that get married to the family, this is what she's got to do. And so now she's married to Harry. She makes a stunt and turns Harry's life upside down and, and, and manipulates Harry. I'm sorry, I'm saying how it is. She manipulated by saying, oh, the royal family is racist, all because supposedly, and Harry, I don't think, was in the room when that happened. So this is coming from Megan. Again, allegedly, I can't say if Harry was there, wasn't there, but it sounds like he wasn't. And, uh, you know, but honestly, was it wrong asking what color the baby's going to be? Everybody would wonder that. If, especially if you're marrying someone's biracial, you're going to wonder. I'm, you know, got Native American ancestry, you know, and I remember growing up, I thought, you know, when I have children, what will they look like? Are they going to be white, Caucasian, or are they going to be mixed looking? And guess what? My children look more Native American. Well, they, you know, they look mixed because of the skin tone is dark olive. And uh, so... You know, it's it's always a good question. That's not a racist thing to say, but I can't believe people thought that's a racist thing. And Megan to blurt something out to allude to racism to Oprah Winfrey of all people was ridiculous. And outright disgusting. And by the way, the dress she wore was very similar to one that Wallace Simpson wore. So think about that. And remember I said earlier that Megan had a little thing. She posted things on her Instagram before she closed it and people caught it of uh, Diana's book. Uh, I think her story or something like that. She had it out on a table, and then she had it opened up, I think, nose closed, and then she had it on a bookshelf, bookshelf, and she focused on those things. So, again, she she studied this, but then she tells Harry, oh, I never I didn't know who Harry was. I knew, didn't know anything about the royal family. To even say that was disgusting. I'm sorry. And the fact Harry believed that was disgusting. And the funny part is, when she said that, I, I had a flashback to one of the inner circle when I first met them. Um, we'll call him Mr. Um, Chuck Bass. From Gossip Girl, so that's his nickname because he literally had that personality except he didn't get all the women. He did not, but um, just very rude. But I remember he said that a lot of women, you know, come here to, to Polo to meet the royals. And that thing he said after, because at the time, you know, this is the early 2000s, social media was new. I don't think we had Facebook then. But I didn't follow the gossip. There was websites out there, remember, and I, I don't think I ever followed any of that. I mean, and I said, well, yeah, I know. I I said to the inner circle, I said, yeah, I know who Harry of his name. But I did not. And the truth is, I didn't know you played polo. I knew Charles did just because I came to a charity event a year prior to that. And uh, so they said, oh, yeah, right. Everybody knows who Harry is. I'll never forget that. So for, you know, Megan to say that, it makes me wonder what the inner circle probably said the same thing that they said to me. Everybody knows who Harry is. The truth is, yeah, they, they know Harry. Now, Megan says, oh, I knew Harry of him, but not know what he's really like, that's more relatable, because that's the truth. But to say he had no idea who he was, was, what the hell, Megan? So, at the end of the day, 
what I'm trying to say is, you know, for this PR person, this talent agency to say that, you know, Megan's talentless is bullshit. I think that he should have worded better saying that Megan Markle could have made a really good podcast if she was more authentic. And I'm sorry, if you're going to get 18 to 20 million dollars, pounds, whatever your currency, it's a lot of money. You better make a damn good podcast. Look, I'm Salty Vixen. I run three podcasts. Truth is a Salty Vixen. Spot with Salty Vixen, which is about sex, sex, love, and relationships. And my Bedtime Stories, which is, you know, erotic audio I do every Friday because that's what Salty Vixen started out as, a, you know, uh, audio. And it's on different channels, which I post on my website when it pops up, you know, whenever I do my podcast. But I run it every single day. And sometimes the truth news, I'm exhausted because I'm running my website too. I'm not getting paid for it. And if I got paid 18 to $20 million, it would be a damn good podcast. So good. And I can guarantee getting the celebrities onto it because, well, I ran the circles anyway. And I, you know, and I have stories to tell you. I could tell you when I met Benedict Cumberbatch at uh, Centerpoint, I chatted with the bloke for 20 minutes. Had no idea who he was. So the following day, I see in, in the media. I'm like, oh, that's uh, Sherlock Holmes. That guy is such a sexy voice. When I think about it now, damn, he was so sexy and so intelligent. I'd probably make him blush if you heard this, you know. But anyway, oh my gosh, 25 minutes of a podcast. And if you got this far, my listeners, you know, I promise I won't make it as long in the future. But I had to go to my rant because I just get so tired of the laziness of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And the bottom line is, Harry... It's a smart man. I've, I met him. I knew him on a personal level. But how does this man with so much passion go into a room and just nod his head yes, maybe do a little work, but not really do the research? That's what's so frustrating. I know he said these whinesy stories. I don't read books or I read a lot of books. So I don't do a lot of this. You know what? I'm going to tell you what um, uh, Elon uh, Musk had said. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know the exact quote there. But he says, like, you don't need to go to college to make it in this world. And it's not as that quote, I know. But it is true. You don't need to have a college degree to, to make it in this world. So, Harry, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Shut up. Stop the whining. And actually, since you've left the royal family and left your silver spoon life, work. It's not that hard. Here I'm a single parent struggling financially after since my divorce. I And I had to do, because I'm a survivor from you know sexual assault, getting abused from my ex-husband, and some other crap that happened. And I turn the negative into positive. I talk about it. I'm not whining about it. And you're a right to erotica. And you know what? People don't, don't have to like it. But I started something out of nothing. No help. And it's my brand. And I've expanded from erotica to going to podcasts. And I'm expanding it further because that's my brand. I did it on my own, Harry. So, Harry, just if I could do this, if, you know, people who uh, vented, oh, I don't know, some of these other sites out there, uh, you know, starting from nothing, that became something because they worked so hard. Why the hell can't you, Harry? Like, use your royal title for something other than whining. We don't need to have a, a sequel to Basket Case. We don't need... And Netflix. Oh, my gosh. I, that's a rant I will talk about in another episode. But, the, again, the, there's no authenticity. They're coming up with non-original ideas. People want originality, authenticity. And... I actually have ideas to pitch to, to Maggie Markle about how really great uh, Netflix series. I think we all do. The main line is be yourself, do your fucking research. I'm sorry for cussing, but it's just, we're all pissed off. We're also angry. Do your research. If Netflix is paying you so much money for these really great ideas because you're a brand name, because we're at this woke world, because Netflix 
people who was given this money is not realizing that title, having a royal title doesn't really give you a good brand, does it? So my advice is do the right thing. Start with the remix of stuff. Stop with the woke world and do something what Harry's passion is, which is helping people and go from there and be true. But stop using the PR bullshit. Because when you pay PR, we see the, and, I, and, and just from first hand, it's irritating because you don't, Harry, speak to the people. And you should, and you can. I've seen it in you. You're such a good person. And Megan, I, I would love to know, and the world wants to know, what is your authentic self? Please strip away the, the celebrity aspect. Stop calling it paparazzi to take photos and stage them. That, oh, you're angry talking on the phone. Oh, I saw that in Daily Mail. You weren't. That was a stage photo. Come on. We all see right through it. Just stop and be authentic. All right, my lovelies. I am going to end this long podcast, 28 minutes. You've made this far. Well, I'm just going to say this. Until next time, we'll see what the subject will be. And if you're curious to know more about my life when I lived at Polo, when I knew William and Harry, I don't mind talking about it. I'm an open book up to a point, obviously. But I'm not going to say private things that would embarrass them. That I can make them blush, maybe. But yeah, I did know them quite well. And, you know, I, I yeah, I have my stories to tell. I could tell you, I, you know, I may tell my next story about Harry, uh, my Harry, Prince Harry story in South Africa when we were, well, I will tell that story. I've mentioned it a couple of times in my podcast, but I may tell it in full if you're all curious uh, about Harry's personality. But like I said, he, he definitely has changed when he met Megan. I've seen it. I've seen, you know, he's went from this guy that's, you know, so kind to just mean. And I'm sorry, but he has. He's not even caring about the average person. And that's not the Harry that we all know and love. You know, even suing the media, Harry, just shut up about it. But I am curious, and I think it should be made public at this point, how much will his lawyer bill be? All right, my lovies, have a lovely day. Goodbye.